Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, the title of this message that I'm very excited to preach. I feel like this is um, a now word for where we are as um, as a region, um, as, uh, you know, God has entrusted the south region of San Diego to us. And I am determined that when I am gone, that they will say that, San, that South San Diego looks better than it was when I got here, okay? That's the mission of our church, that South San Diego better look better when we're, when we depart this earth than when we first got here, okay? And I believe that this message is going to challenge us to launch into that. So the title of my message is Elite Warrior Status. Elite Warrior Status. And I don't know, it's pretty cool. They got that old photo of me, which is really nice of them. <laughs> Had to go back into the archives to find that one, but that was really cool. Um, and so I'm going to start by asking everybody a question. It's a rhetorical question, so don't say anything, don't put your hand up, nothing like that, but you're going to meditate on this question as I preach this message, and the question is, are you an elite warrior in God's army? Are you an elite warrior in God's army? I'll say it again, because you're going to be thinking about this the whole time. Are you an elite warrior in God's kingdom? Okay? Now, you may say... I don't know. I don't care. Well, I'm telling you that the answer to that question should be yes. And you may say, okay, well, prove it to me. And I will say, okay, fine. And so I'm going to open up my Bible right here, and I'm going to prove it to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, this is Paul speaking. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, the Apostle Paul talking to his disciple Timothy, verse 2, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Verse 3, therefore, you therefore must endure hardship as a mediocre soldier of Jesus Christ. Oh, wait, no. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Not an average soldier, not just a, an enlisted soldier, a good soldier a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Are you an elite warrior in God's army? And you may say, well, hey, if we're splitting hairs, that says good soldier, not elite soldier. So I'm, you know, I'm content with just being a, a good soldier. Well, okay, okay, let me, we'll dig a little deeper. Ephesians 6 Verses 10 through 18, this is the Apostle Paul speaking again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. To stand against the wiles of the devil. 
the number one enemy of the kingdom of heaven. And Paul is saying that that's who you're going to fight. Do we send our mediocre soldiers to go fight the top enemy? No, we send the best of the best to go fight our enemies. And so Paul is saying that you are going to go kick the devil's butt because you are an elite warrior. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith um, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. I actually have it tattooed right there, ironically enough, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Elite warriors get all the elite equipment. God has given you amazing tools. Like all the all the podunk soldiers get the pitchforks and the axes and stuff. God has given you all of the elite stuff because you are called to be an elite warrior in God's army. Can somebody say amen? Now, the question again was, are you an elite warrior in God's army? And as best as I can figure, there's four possible answers to that question. Could be, yes, I am an elite warrior in God's army, which is the right answer. It could be, I'm not, but I want to be, also a good answer. It could be, I'm not, and I don't want to be, which is a bad answer. And if that's you, I, I don't know what to tell you. There's, just put on... You're, put in your AirPods and listen to something else, I guess. Or you could say, tell me what it looks like, and then I'll decide. Maybe you're like, yeah, it sounds pretty cool, but I'm not, I'm not totally sure what all that entails. Those are the, as far as I can figure, those are the only four possible answers to that question. And so really the, the genesis of this message is a few, a um, couple weeks ago, just with the whole Coronado campus, I've been able to spend a lot of time around some really elite warriors, but in the physical, like in our special warfare. And I got to go to um, dinner with a, a, a retired um, Navy SEAL who was in the largest gunfight in the history of naval special warfare. It was in Afghanistan. There was 30 of our United States Navy SEALs against 300 ISIS terrorists. And, um, you know, he was telling me just the story about the, the, the battle and everything that was, you know, and it was just, you know, obviously just crazy. And, and we, there was a casualty at one Navy SEAL. One Navy SEAL out of 30 was killed. Um, and, um, you know, obviously very tragic. And so as we were talking, I was like, oh, man, gosh, that's so crazy that, you know, that whole thing that you guys, you know, there was only one casualty. And he goes, oh, wait, wait, there was 301 casualties. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we killed all of them. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. So these 30 guys went up against 300 heavily armed militants and took them all out because they're elite warriors. And it got me thinking, okay, that's, you know, they're elite warriors in the physical, which I am not. But you know what? I am in the spiritual. And it got me thinking, like, what does it, what makes an elite warrior? What is, what is the makeup of an elite warrior? And so I'm going to share five quick attributes of an elite warrior that's going to help you answer the question, am I an elite warrior in God's army? Point number one, training. Training. 
The United States Navy SEALs train all the time. They're always going to this, you know, sniper school and then this school and that school and learning and training and practicing and repeating, and they practice and train all the time. So if you're going to be an elite warrior, you need to be trained. Now, at these different schools that the Navy SEALs go to, they have instructors that are barking orders at them. If you're going to be trained as an elite warrior in God's army, you're going to have instructors. That's called discipleship. Okay? That's called discipleship. Now, can you imagine if, like, you know, you're at sniper school. I don't know. And listen, by the way, I don't know what I'm talking about, okay? So this, you know, just don't judge me if I sound ridiculous. But just imagine you're at sniper school, and, you know, you're whatever. And, like, the instructor comes down. It's like, hey, man, you know, that's not how we do it. You do it like that and like this. And you're like, no, no, I'm cool. This is how I do it. Well, I'm sorry, what? Like, you'd be like, well, cool, then go home. You're done. But yet we have so many believers when an instructor in the faith comes to them and says, hey, actually, like, you should do it this way. It's like, oh, no, no, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. Then you're not an elite warrior. You're not an elite warrior if you refuse to be trained. Can you submit yourself to the instruction of those who are ahead of you in the faith. That's called discipleship. You must be trained if you're going to be an elite warrior. Can somebody say amen? amen? Number two, elite warriors have top of the line, state of the art equipment. And you know, the Navy SEALs got all these crazy gizmos and gadgets and night vision goggles. And again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, they probably do. I assume they do. Okay, because I don't know. It's probably classified or something. I'm top secret. I don't know. I know they have like these crazy scuba masks where you can like be underwater and they like don't produce bubbles. I don't know how that works. I'm an engineer and I can't figure it out. And they can sneak up on people underwater. Just crazy stuff. They have, they have the best equipment. And I just read you Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18. You have access to the greatest equipment for spiritual warfare known to man. It's called the armor of God. You have a shield of faith. When, you're, when, you, when you learn to exercise faith, the Bible says that you learn to extinguish the flaming darts of the enemy. It means that your faith makes you invincible to the devil's schemes. You have a sword, the only offensive weapon. If you read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, every single piece of the armor is all defensive. You have a helmet, breastplate, all these different pieces, but the only one you have that is offensive is the sword of the Spirit, which is, the Bible says, the Word of God. You want to be an elite warrior? This is your weapon. And if you don't read it, then you're not an elite warrior, period. You're out there with like a, you know those like foam noodles you float on in the pool? Can you imagine Navy SEALs running out into battle with their foam noodles? That's what you look like if you don't know the word and you're out there trying to fight. You're out there with your pink foam noodle just looking ridiculous. You got to know this is your weapon. You have access to the state-of-the-art equipment for being an elite warrior. Can somebody say Amen. Number three, you want to be an elite warrior, you have to have a win-at-all-cost mentality. And it was just crazy talking to this guy. Um, you know, I mean, just, he just was like, I mean, we, you know, he, as he was telling me the story of them being crazily outnumbered and all that stuff, he was just like, oh, yeah, well, we knew we were going to win. I'm like, well, how? And he's like, well, that's 
because we win. That's what we do. And I just was so, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, like, awesome. And I was like, why don't I think like that? And every, like, I'm a winner. The Bible says I'm more than a conqueror, not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. And so why don't I approach every situation like, oh, yeah, well, that's just what I do. I win because I'm more than a conqueror. I don't know what to tell you. So I'm sorry, devil, but you're going to have to move over because I'm a winner. And that win-at-all-cost mentality, that win-at-all-cost mentality is what makes an elite warrior. And just knowing, being resolute in your heart, in your mind, that you are, you are here to, to not just, you know, not just conquer your own, your own demons and your own. And listen, that's, yes, I mean, they're, they're, you're going to, if you stick around at this church, you will experience personal victory. You will have personal breakthrough. Your personal life will go to new levels, but will also open your eyes to a bigger mission that is to take a city for the kingdom of God. This isn't just about us and our own little personal life. This is about, conquer, you know, we've been, you know, in the, all these, this Facebook garbage on, on, um, you know, with Coronado and all that, it's, it's been, you guys spread hate. That's the accusation. You're spreaders of hate. And you know what? I will say you're absolutely right. We do spread hate. Because you know what my Bible says? That we are to hate wickedness. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Romans 12 says, let love be without hypocrisy. And I love this because Paul is saying, you want to know what true love is? Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. So yes, we do hate the things that God hates. We hate wickedness. That's the mission of a believer. Now, now listen, I want you to hear me. This is a very important distinction. We hate wickedness. We hate the spiritual forces behind wickedness. We don't hate people that are embroiled in wicked things because they, out of their insecurities, out of their traumas, out of their dysfunctions, have been, have been subjected to these things. And we pray for their deliverance. We pray for their healing. We welcome them into the house of God. We tell them that there's a better way. But we hate the spiritual forces behind wickedness, period. And I have a win-at-all-cost mentality against wickedness in San Diego. If you're an elite warrior, you should too. You should know that San Diego is going to look better when I'm done here. The San Diego that my grandchildren are going to live in is going to be a better place. The San Diego that, the, that my great-grandchildren live in is going to be a place of prosperity. It's going to be a place of godliness. It's going to be an amazing city. That's what it means to have a win-at-all-cost mentality. Can somebody say Amen. Number four, this will haul you. This not not a lot of claps coming on this one. Elite warriors follow orders. Thank you, Manuel. Got one. Elite warriors follow orders. Can you like? Can you imagine like? I don't know. And again, I'm making all this up. I'm sure I sound ridiculous if you're actually in the Navy or the military. I'm sorry that I'm making your career sound so silly because you guys are awesome. But, like, imagine, like, you know, Ito's a Navy SEAL, and I'm his platoon sergeant or whatever it's called. I don't know. And I, I go wake him up at 3 in the morning. I'm like, hey, man, we got an opportunity to take this stronghold. I need you to gear up. We're going to be on the chopper and, you know, 15, and we're going to take it. And Ito's like, hey, hey, man, I'm not a morning person. Can we... Like, do you mind? I, I just, I, I didn't, I stayed up late. I, I'm tired. 
Like, just, just give, me, give me a few hours and we'll go do it. Like, can you imagine? No way. Like, those guys are just like, cool, let's roll. I'm ready. I'm down. Like, are you down? Are you down to be an elite warrior? Like, whatever it takes, whenever. Like, ready to roll. Let's go. Or are you like, ah, well, you know, maybe, maybe let me have a couple cups of coffee first and then we'll. You know, I, I always think about the, the march around the city of Jericho. If you, in, if you don't know the story, there was the, as the, the Israelites were leaving Egypt and wandered through the wilderness, and then it was like, okay, God was like, now you're finally ready to enter into this land that got like a physical piece of, of land that God had promised to them. And he's, he gives them all these instructions about what you're going to do and how it's going to happen. And the very first city that they were going to have to take down was a city called Jericho, all right? And it's heavily fortified, massive walls, all, you know, just in, in, impenetrable, imposing, all the things. And God gives Joshua, who's the commander of the Israeli army, this strategy. And he tells Joshua, and Joshua's like, you know, and Joshua's like, okay, yeah, I got it, got it. And then he goes to the guys. He's like, guys, here we go. I got the plan. We're going to walk around the city. Eh? Eh? Seven times. And then we're going to do it again, and we're going to shout real loud. And can you, like, I just, I, I'm out of this whole, I don't even know how big the army was, but just, like, can you imagine if there's a handful of guys who are like, oh, hey, excuse me, sir, commander guy? Um, I'm not really a shouter. It's not really my thing. I'm an introvert. I'm kind of more on the, more on the quiet side. So, you know, you guys do the whole, you know, blah, thing. And it's, it's like, sorry, the, the strategy for conquering the city super, supersedes your personality traits. I don't care. Don't care. The mission and the assignment supersedes your preferences. The mission and the assignment are bigger than your comfort. If you want to be an elite warrior, you follow orders, okay? Now, it's really easy to talk about this about, you know, and, and I, could, I could talk about, you know, when, when God speaks to you, you obey, you know? And, and of course, like when, God's, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, you, you obey. And, but I'm going to take it a step further, and this is where rubber meets the road. It's where it gets a little, gets a little dicey. The Bible also is very clear that we're to follow the instructions of our leaders. That we're to follow the instructions of our leaders. And there's something about, I mean, gosh, in our Western society, we live in an individualistic culture. And it, it's like, like on the other side of the world, this teaching, by the way, they're like, cool, that makes perfect sense. Here in the United States, in, in a Western uh, individual, individualistic culture. That's just like, oh, no, 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 not me. I am free. I am not subjected to anybody. I do my own thing. And it makes us, makes us squirm. And it's like, no, I don't answer to no man, da, da, da. But the Bible is clear about following the instructions of our leaders. And I'm going to read you something out of 2 Timothy. I didn't give this to the guys. 2 Timothy 3 in verse 10. I want you to listen to this. This is, it's not going to be on the screen, but I want you to listen to me. This is Paul talking to Timothy. But you have carefully followed my doctrine. Whose doctrine? Whose? Paul's. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance. 
Paul is saying, look at me as your leader. Follow me. Obey my instruction. Now listen, that does not mean if your leader is like, go do something, you know, like if Pastor Jurgen tells me to do something that is contrary to the word of God, like that's different. But that's not what I see. When I look at my leaders, I see fruit, I see favor, I see blessing, I see nothing but increase. So it's easy for me to follow my leaders. And Pastor Jurgen could come up to me and say the craziest thing. He could be like, Mike, I'm really concerned because you're starting to look like a girl. And even though I would be like, I really don't think that's true, just because I honor him so much, I would consider it. And I'd look at I'd be like, Katie, shoot me straight. Do I look like a girl? Because I honor the voice of my leader in my life. Do you honor the voice of the leader in your life? And guess what? Your leader is never going to be perfect. And that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. I'm telling you, Paul was not perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. And there must have been something in Timothy that just was like, eh. because, you know, he saw Paul fly off the handle about something or be unreasonable about this or, you know, be flaky about that. But then Paul tells him, follow my doctrine, follow my manner of life, follow but that's what it looks like. And one of my favorite stories to illustrate my point, bring it home, is in Acts chapter 19. This is one of the craziest, like most, this is why the Bible must be true. You can't make this stuff up. Acts chapter 19, okay? So the, Paul is out, you know, casting demons out, spreading the gospel, doing, doing his thing. And Acts is, is the, the whole story of the early church. If you want, like, I would say that the book of Acts is like the most exciting read in the whole Bible. And if you, you're feeling a little stale and need something, you know, to, to mix things up, go read Acts because it's exciting, all right? And it's the story of the early church. It's awesome. So in Acts chapter 19, Paul's out there doing stuff, casting demons out of people, and it's crazy. Well, these guys, they see it happen, and they're like, whoa, that was sweet. And it's these, these brothers, and they're like, we could totally do that. All he did was, like, say, get out in Jesus' name. I can say that. I could do that. Come on. And so the brothers all get together and they find this demonized man who's like going crazy. And they go up to him and they're like, get out in the name of Jesus and, you know, the one that Paul preaches about. And this is, the, this is crazy. The demon goes, okay, wait. I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? And the Bible says the demon whips their butt steals their clothes. It's true. I'm not making this up. This is in, the, in your Bible. And can you, like, you know you lost a fight if you end up naked, all right? You know you got beat bad if you're on the ground and naked. And so here's what I love, and this is, don't miss this because it's crazy to me. The, the demon says, Jesus I know and Paul I know. The demon recognized the, 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 the dispensing of authority from Jesus to Paul. But these guys did not submit themselves to Paul, and because they were not under authority, they didn't possess the authority. These guys just saw all the miracle stuff, and like, oh, we could totally do that. That's easy. And so they go out there, try to cast out the demon, and they get their butt kicked, and they end up naked. Okay? Please don't get your butt kicked and end up naked. All right? Don't do that. That's bad. If you want to possess authority, you have to be under authority. Elite warriors 
know how to follow orders. And I know, listen, I know, even as I'm saying it, I know it's just like, it makes you feel like, and I'm, I'm just telling you, you're going to have to trust your pastor. That's a result of you living in a Western individualistic culture that tells you every single day that your preferences, your dreams, your desires, your life, your freedoms is the most important ultimate thing. And that is a tiny, tiny cultural moment that has not existed at all in any civilization for thousands and thousands of years. So you have to try to hear this outside of your own cultural moment right now. Does that make sense? Can somebody say amen? Amen. And lastly, so again, the makings of an elite warrior, training, equipment, win-at-all-cost mentality, obedience, and lastly, willing to die. Willingness to die, to lay down your life for the cause. You know, all, all these, um, all of our military, like, it's, it's crazy to me. Like, they, they believe so much in our country and the freedom that they are willing to go to foreign battlefields and put themselves in very dangerous situations. And it's not even like they're, like, they're pumped. Like, I talked to this guy, and I want to be really careful not to, you know, say too much, but he was just telling me about this deployment he's going to go on. It's like, you know, it's the, the most unfun thing I could ever imagine. It's like, and I, I'm changing the story a little bit, but it's like, I, I'm going to go, you know, live in a cave with five guys for 90 days with no cell phone. We're going to hunt bad guys and we're going to be freezing and wet and we're going to eat like packaged meals for the next 90 days. And he's like, I'm freaking pumped. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm thankful for you, but I can't relate to you. And it's like they are willing, elite warriors are willing to lay down their life for the cause. Now, most likely, this is the, ups, this is the upside of living in a Western culture, is you're probably not going to be physically martyred for your faith. Praise the Lord. Most likely. Probably not. In today's day and age, going to be physically martyred for your faith. So you're probably not going to be asked to give up your physical life. But the question is, will you give up your life, your dreams, your preferences, your comfort, your time, your energy, your money, your emotions, your trauma, your past, your mistakes, your failures? That's what it looks like. Are you willing to die to you? Are you willing to die to yourself? I read the story of, um, anybody doing the one-year Bible? Anybody? So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back again in Genesis and reading it all again. And I've um, read the story of Abraham and Isaac last week. And uh, I've read it, um, you know, a hundred times probably at this point. And then it's honestly probably Pastor Jurgen's favorite story to preach on. So I've probably heard the story of Abraham and Isaac thousands of times. And I read it again this year and it just was like like something something hit me so so powerfully and if you don't know the story Abraham um, is sort of a lo- everything really kind of started with Abraham he was the very first um, Israeli he was the very first Hebrew the very first Jew and God started a nation out of him and out of him everything kind of began to spread and that's where the whole story starts and Abraham didn't have a son 
And in, in those days, in that culture, having a son was literally the single most important thing because it meant you had an heir to pass on your goods to, to pass on your name to, and your life would continue outside of yourself. It was the single most important thing in a, you know, thousands of years ago Palestinian culture, all right? And so that that's Abraham, all right? So after years and years of, of barrenness and sort of believing with God and God giving him promises and I won't go into all the details. God gives him a son, gives him this son, Isaac. And then the Bible says that the Lord tested Abraham and said, take now your son, Isaac, your only son, the son whom you love, take him up to the top of Mount Moriah and sacrifice him as an offering to me. Okay. And so again, if you don't know the story, Abraham says, okay, I love you that much. I don't get it. That sounds crazy to me, but I trust you. So he takes his son all the way up to Mount Moriah and, and, you know, lays him down on the altar. And, you know, like, just, you know, imagine that, like, his son's just like, what's, what is happening? And the Bible says he raises the knife and an angel stops him and says, don't do this thing. Now I know that you will not withhold from me your son, your only son. And then the Bible says that a ram shows up in, in, a, in some bushes over off to the side. And so there's this, this substitution. He no longer has to sacrifice his son Isaac. There's a, a ram. And then the Bible then uh, says that God blesses Abraham and says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. You're gonna, your descendants are going to be more numerous than the sands on, the, on the, the beach and the stars in the sky. Anyway, so again, I've, 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 I know that story really, really well. But it was crazy because it was like this, this time I read it and it was like I was able to back up out of it and saw sort of the the fundamentals of the story. And, and the fundamentals of the story are a man takes what is most precious to him and sacrifices it on the altar of obedience. But, this is what I love, we don't serve a taking God. And you may have, you may have been listening up to here and, and it's, you know, it's like, if you want to be an elite warrior, you're going to train real hard and you're going to get all this heavy equipment and you're going to win at all costs and you're going to have to follow orders and willing to die. And maybe like, well, I, you know, and sounds super fun. But the good news is we don't serve a taking God. This is what is so amazing about the story of Abraham and Isaac is that when a person is willing to sacrifice that which is most precious to them on the altar of obedience once God knows that you'll do it, he doesn't make you do it. That's what's so crazy. God doesn't, God's not like, oh, you want to follow me? Cool. You're going to Madagascar to be a missionary. And you're like, well, but I, wait, I don't want to go to Madagascar. No, please, God, no, I don't want to. That's not the way it works. Like people that go to Madagascar as missionaries, it's because like they're lit up about Madagascar, which is crazy to me. But there's people like that. We have friends who are missionaries in Somalia, one of the most dangerous places on earth, and they love it. And I'm pumped that they love it, so I don't have to love it. I like it here. This is my mission field, okay? I'm a, I'm a as Pastor Rudy says, I'm a, I'm a missionary to the Pacific Island of Coronado, you know? I like it here, you know? If you're willing to sacrifice that which is most precious to you, on the altar of obedience, God will provide a substitution, the ram, for that sacrifice, and he will bless you. Now, here's the question. What is most precious to you? And are you willing to give it to God? 
And I, I can't answer that question for you. I can, well, I sort of can. I can bet you with 90% accuracy that for almost all of us, that thing that is most precious to you is your comfort. It's your comfort. Are you willing to sacrifice your comfort on the altar of obedience? And here's the beautiful thing. If you look at this story, God will bless you for it. And I love what Jesus himself said in Luke chapter nine. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now it sounds like, you know, a lot of churches just kind of stop there. It's like, that's the Christian life. You gotta die to yourself. Gotta, gotta deny yourself. And it's gonna be hard. You're gonna take up your cross and follow me. And they stop there. But then Jesus says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you sacrifice that which is most precious to you on the altar of obedience, you will find your life. It will unlock everything for you. And my question, I'd love it if we all stand to our feet. And I, I, what I'm going to do, I want to ask that same question again. And we're going to open up the altar. And, you know, if you don't know what that means, it sounds kind of, I guess, maybe weird if you've never been to church before. But that's just this space up here. Okay? And in the Old Testament, like in, in the old Bible times, the altar was the place of sacrifice where, where you'd come in and you'd offer a goat or a ram, you'd have to sacrifice it. And that was to atone for your sins. And it was like, this is crazy. Like church used to be nasty. Like church used to have animals everywhere. It's gross. That was church. But we don't have to do that anymore because the lamb of God, Jesus Christ died for you, the ultimate sacrifice. So now the altar, the only gift that you can bring to the altar is you. It's yourself. You can walk down here and say, here I am, send me. And so my question tonight, and I'm gonna go ahead and ask the, the singers to come up on stage two, is, and this is a moment between you and God. This isn't for me. This isn't, you know, whatever. This is about you making a decision that I'm all in. I am I'm committed to being an elite warrior in God's house. In Isaiah chapter six, the prophet Isaiah has this encounter with God that's one of the most beautiful passages ever. And the Bible says that, that Isaiah, his, his sort of spiritual eyes are open and he sees like the throne room of God and he sees these angels that are flying around and these angels are crazy and they look crazy. They got all these wings and eyes and it's crazy. And they, they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And, and Isaiah says, oh my gosh, like woe is me, I'm undone for I am a man of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king. And the Bible says that an angel flies over and places this hot coal in his mouth. And it's just a symbol of purification, of cleansing, that God has the power to cleanse you of all of your junk, all of your trauma, all of your mistakes, all your sins, whatever. But then it doesn't stop there. And that's the most beautiful part about the story is God says, whom will go for us? Meaning there's things to do on earth. There's things to do on earth and I'm not gonna send my angels to do it. I'm gonna count on human beings to do it. And he says, whom will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. So my question tonight is if you're in here and you, you wanna say, here I am, send me. 
And you may not know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. I'm not going to try to tell you. I know what it looks like for you. Maybe it's, you know, beginning to, to, to serve on a team here at church. Maybe it's stepping into a new level of leadership. Maybe it's um, finally making the decision that you're going to go to Awaken Recovery to, to finally break the cycles of addiction in your life. Maybe you're going to sign up for Awaken You and, and, and go to our Bible college and our leadership development program. Maybe you're just going to commit to go home and have a conversation with your wife and kids and say, hey, daddy is going to be different from now on. I don't know what it is. But if you are committed to to being an elite warrior for God's kingdom, and you're going to put your hand up and say, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know where it's going to take me. And what's nice is I can tell you on the other side, it's really awesome. Your yes is actually really awesome. Katie and I have have done, like we've literally done this. We, We literally were just people that came to this church We fell in love with God's house. We fell in love with his presence. We fell in love with the power of God. We fell in love with this church in particular. We fell in love with the leaders of this church, with the teaching of this church, and our lives began to unlock, and things that we had struggled with for years and years, we no longer struggled with, and and just saw victory and breakthrough, and then we began to step into leadership, and, and you know, and that came with its a whole new set of blessings, but also of challenges, and, and then just, you know, began to, to grow and develop and grow and develop. And now, like, we we live a life that if you would have asked me 15 years ago, if you would have found 15 years ago Mike and said, Mike, what is the best thing you could possibly imagine for your life? Like, if you could dream up anything, like, no limits, anything, I wouldn't even have known that I could have asked for this. I didn't even know that this was available. I didn't know that being a, a part of something so important, to have so much meaning, to have so much satisfaction in the, in the assignment on my life. I didn't even, I wouldn't even have known that was a thing. I just would have probably asked for a lot of money or something or something stupid. And so I'm telling you, the other side of your yes, it's, it's scary. This side of the yes, it's like, you don't know what it looks like. And I, I love that Jesus goes to the disciples and he says, come follow me. Now, Jesus could have said, all right, you guys all sit down, sit down. I have a PowerPoint presentation prepared for all of you. I'm going to show you all the things that we're going to do. It's going to be crazy. Uh, you right there, uh, Simon, uh, I'm going to change your name to Peter. You're actually going to walk on water. It's crazy. I know. No one's ever done it before. It's going to be you. And uh, and you, Thomas, you're going to actually put your hands in my side after, I, you know, Jesus didn't do that. He just said, come follow me and find out. That's it. Didn't tell him what it was going to look like. Didn't tell him all the upside. But the, the men that said, yep, I'll leave everything. I'll follow you. I will die to myself. I'll leave it all and follow you. Have gone down in history as the most courageous men in the world. Started the single greatest movement in the history of humankind, Christianity. Like that's what's on the other side of your yes. So if that's you and you say, I'm in. I don't care what it looks like. I want you to just make your way down to the front. I want you to make your way down to the front. I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to impart courage to you. I'm going to impart boldness to you. I'm going to impart wisdom to you. I'm going to believe God that he's going to unlock things in you, that there's going to be dreams of yours that are going to be um, reawakened. Even even you may you may think as you're walking up here like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's things I want. There's things I want to do, but I don't I don't want to give those things up. And, and here, I'm telling you, that's not the way that God works. That's not the way that God works. He will either replace your lame dream with a way more awesome dream, or he will resurrect your dream into something awesome, all right? 
He will resurrect your dream into something awesome. Dream that you, a dream that you thought was dead, he will resurrect. So come on, anybody else, make your way down here. If you say, that's me, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm down, I'm down, I'm ready to roll. I don't care what it looks like, I don't care, I'm ready. Make your way down. I'm gonna pray for you, and then we're just gonna, I want, we're gonna spend some time, and the team's gonna just sing for a couple seconds, and I want you to just, just, you don't have to say anything out loud, but I want you to just put your hands up in worship and, and just say, God, this is, I'm, I'm here. I'm all in. Whatever it takes, I'll say yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for every single person standing up here at the front, God, that are committed to being an elite warrior in your house. And I just impart right now courage. I clothe them in the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of peace, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit that you, God, just the word of the Lord saying you are equipped. You have everything you need. You have everything you need. You're not missing anything. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. It doesn't matter the family you grew up in. You may think, man, I don't know how to be a good dad. I didn't have a good dad. I don't know how to be a good husband. My parents got divorced. Everybody in my family gets divorced. It doesn't matter. You have been you have been adopted into a new family, a new family. Your DNA is no longer the DNA you were born with. You, knew, you now have heaven's DNA. It means that nothing is impossible for you. You're not limited by anything. I just want to talk right now to my man Calvin. 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 You. you. This is my guy. This is my guy Calvin. Everybody look at Calvin for a second. Calvin is um, in March going to be going through BUDS, which is the um, selection school to be a Navy SEAL. So I want to just stretch our hands out towards Calvin. I want to just pray strength over him real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this is a man who is an elite warrior, not just in the spiritual, but in the physical as well. We just prophesy and declare that he's going to make it through. Just prophesy strength, God, prophesy determination, prophesy mental toughness, prophesy every, uh, even, even protection over his joints, over his bones, no injuries, and just declare that he's going to make it through, that this is a United States Navy SEAL. And I just see you, Calvin, not just being a, a warrior in the physical. I see you married one day with, with a wife, with kids, and, and you know, telling, telling stories about your, your, your time in the Navy and, and just being an inspiration. People say, man, I want to be like that guy. And you being able to say, hey, it's not about being like me. It's about being like Jesus, that, that, that you are going to be the kind of man that points people towards Jesus in Jesus name. Amen. God, I thank you so much that you're moving, that you're moving, that you're unlocking. Even right now under the sound of my voice, I just see God beginning to, to show pictures to people, pictures to people of new businesses, of of, of new, new, new desires, things that light you up, things that excite you, things that, that fire you up. And, and I'm, that, that is the spirit of God moving in you. That's the spirit of God awakening things in you. So heavenly father, right now, we're going to take a couple minutes. We're just going to worship him. We're going to worship him. God, I thank you that you're moving. We thank you for our yes. We declare just as Isaiah uh, said, here I am, send me here. I am, send me in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.